Good morning, good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you may be doing. We wish to thank you for joining us for this episode of Just Another Conspiracy Show with your host, Jeff Williams. Now in Canada, where this show is based out of, and indeed a lot of the listener base is based, we've just finished celebrating Victoria Day, a celebration of Queen Victoria's birthday. Queen Victoria, of course, being the lady in theory that granted us our constitution granting us our independence as a nation as such we do celebrate her birthday but queen victoria's reign lasted nearly as long as queen elizabeth ii's and indeed her direct lineage is responsible for countless unforeseen events things that are still going on to this very day amongst her progeny directly or indirectly, but related by blood, was the Kaiser of Prussia, who eventually became the Kaiser of Germany, one of the principal players in World War I. Of course, the, the Russian archdukes and tsars were related to Victoria's immediate family, and pretty much the entire European royalty were part of that same family, the Saxe-Coburg line, it is currently known. Well, currently is known as Windsor, but it's still the Saxe-Coburg line. And to start speaking about the cruelties committed by Europeans would be an unspeakably long episode. I'd probably have to sit here talking for the next couple days. But one of the most interesting things that comes up a lot is when Europeans meddle in the Middle East. Now, Europeans have been doing this for literally millennia from the Greeks and Romans from their episodes of conquest to much more recent events, when we think about the Levant and all the horrible events that have taken place in the Middle East, we forget how violent the Mediterranean area has been in general. From the ancient Egyptians who border the Middle East and their epic wars throughout the millennia to World War I, where thousands bled to death on the shores of the Gallipoli invasion, the Mediterranean Sea has always had a taste for blood and has always had a way to find her bloodlust quenched. Now the word Mediterranean means the Middle Earth Sea. For many of the primordial cultures, the Egyptians, the Sumerians, well not the Sumerians in this case, but the, the Greeks, it was indeed the center of the universe. It was a little lake where they conducted their entire lives. But from the perspective of the Persian Gulf, where the earliest known city-states evolved, it was known as the Upper Sea, because from their perspective, the Persian Gulf was the center of their environment, and the Upper Sea, the Mediterranean, was simply where they got their grain, their gold, their rice. That was a trading partner far away on the offshoots of their civilization. But the Mediterranean, the Middle Earth Sea, it was still drowning in blood for as long as humanity was nearby. And that's because that's precisely how the rulers wanted it. Egypt, from its very beginning, was a source of corn and gold. 
corn not necessarily being what we think of as the bright tasty ears of corn that we might have of a barbecue dinner of a weekend weeknight whatever it might be corn simply means any type of grain used to feed human beings and Egypt exported her grain very famously to many empires and her gold was famous worldwide but there is another very powerful warrior civilization that preceded the Greeks and it gave pause to the Egyptians and the Sumerians, Babylonians, and Persians alike. And they were called the Hittites. Now, these are not the Hittites of the Bible. They were named after those exact same Hittites as we read in the pages of the Tanakh. But these were the Hittites that controlled the Anatolian Peninsula. Now, the Anatolian Peninsula is a site of modern-day Turkey. So, the fir from its very first records, we can see that Anatolia is featured heavily in the blood rights of rulers, be it from their own indigenous rulers or outside kings. One of the very first written documents details a peace treaty between the Egyptians and Hittites. After one of their many wars, um, one of the first recorded battles seems to be the Battle of... Uh, what's the value? <laughs> Megiddo, the Valley of Megiddo, in which Pharaoh's forces defeated a Hittite army. And Hittites themselves were notorious for being very warlike, being very aggressive. The Egyptians spent huge amounts of money having cavalry, armed forces, and other things available to them, so they'd be able to defend and, of course, try to bring as many of the Hittites, the Anatolians, the modern-day Turkish people, under their very sway. However, the Hittite Empire fell for reasons that are still being considered. The most popular theory at present is it simply reached too much of a military state, the fate of many empires in the past, from Germany a couple times this past century to the, United, the USSR, the United Soviet Socialist Republics. They were just too much of a state devoted to war to really have an ability to exist without it. Now. Turkey continued to be a battleground for bloodletting long after the Hittites left its shores, but the Hittites themselves never really went away. The Hittites were a very big puzzle, and their language, while written down, was completely not understood, until one day a Czech archaeologist managed to figure out that there were some Czech words, some English words, and some roots of all the words that if he strung together, he could put together a coherent sentence in, in Hittite and translate it into our modern languages. So, you see, Anatolia, Turkey, is a holy site for European civilization and indeed for the monarchy, the Saxe-Coburg monarchy, that we look on the throne of England at this very day, and that is why they consider that land sacred. And that is why sacrifices continue on its shores. Now, Turkey almost always plays second fi fiddle to the more media-scrutinized bloodbaths to its southeast. I mean, we hear about struggles of Israel, of... Li of not Libya. Libya is far away from there. Lebanon, Syria, all these various nations, but no one really hears too much about Turkey. We hear about ISIL and the Turks slaughtering each other, but we barely hear about the Kurds suffering under their combined wrath. 
So it's always interesting to see what does not get mentioned. The Kurds who are very bravely fighting for their independence in both Afghanistan, Iraq, and Turkey, well, the Turkish-Kurdish movement just, just seems to get lost in the shuffle. There's another very horrific, and, sorry, horrific event in the past that the Turkish were responsible for, and it's relatively recent past. It's called the Pontian Genocide. I might be pronouncing that wrong, and if I do, but the Pontians were ethnically Greeks, religiously Christian, and were part of the Anatolian Peninsula for millennia. They'd suffered persecution before, but in the aftermath of World War I and the simmering environment that was causing revolutions all over Europe, Europe itself, the Pontians, the Greeks that they are, suffered more than people would ever believe. The death toll is debated, but it was probably between at least 360,000 to over a million, and that was well after the guns of World War I had ceased to fire. Many people did not get killed, but fled, so another million and a half made it to their ancestral homeland in Greece. But think of it that, two million people displaced or killed, and that only tells part of the story. The misery and suffering that those who endured the massacre went through, and those who stayed and still suffer to this day, are completely untold. And at the same similar junction, the Holodomor, which was Stalin's attempt to persecute the Ukrainians, is much more well known than the Pontian Genocide. Admittedly, there are more fatalities in the Ukrainian Holodomor than there were for the Pontian Genocide, but genocide is genocide. Whether it's being done on behalf of the Nazis, whether it's being done on behalf of the Islam, or done on behalf of communism, it is still genocide. Now, the strange part is, Turkey isn't some backwater nation, a place that no one's ever heard of. It's, it's Turkey. It's known to many by the witty little ditty, Istanbul, Constantinople, sung as a novelty song by Jimmy Kennedy and Nat Simon, and which always comes up through cartoons, because it's, it's a catchy little tune. And of course, people who study history are very aware of Constantinople, having come from a small farming town to be established as a Christian capital, only to be overrun by the Turks, who are migrants from the east, who converted it to Islam, and thus in the 1950s, I believe it was, finally, in, finally renamed Constantinople to Istanbul, settling it once and for all. Now, again, Turkey is not unknown. I can take a handful of school children, and they can probably find Turkey on a map fairly quickly as compared to a lot of other countries. Say, in Nepal, they might have some difficulty locating without some help. But Turkey, they'd be pretty good at finding. But yet it continues to go completely unpunished for its crimes against humanity. Not only the slaughter of the Kurds that continues to this day, but the Pontian devastation, because there's no other word for it. Their population was not huge to begin with, so losing millions of their population to genocide and to starvation, to fleeing, over so many years, because it started off in World War I, but it reached its zenith in the early 1920s. That's almost a decade of atrocities. Now, the Pontians have a Remembrance Day of their own every year. Did you remember it? It was on May 19th, just before May 24th long weekend. 
Now, we all file into parades for November 11th, the Armistice Date for World War I. September 11th, the horrific bombing of the World Trade Centers that launched our modern era. Or January 27th. Let's see if you know what that one is. That one's the Jewish Holocaust, while more accurately the Nazi Holocaust Remembrance Day, because not just Jews were killed, but also gypsies, Slavs, homosexuals, anyone basically Hitler felt like throwing in the camp. That's what January 27th celebrates. But May 19th is virtually unknown to the rest of the world. Now, Pontians, as I said before, were Greeks. And the Greeks are much more well-known than the Pontians because they have their glossy history and legends that we study, of course, with the ancient gods that the, the New World Order, the Illuminati, still appeal to to this very day. I mean, everybody knows who Zeus is, everybody knows who Hera is, etc., etc. And, quite frankly... The Pontians were a breakaway group from the Greeks, but they still considered themselves strongly Greek. And they were living around the shores of the of Anatolia, whether it be the Black Sea or the Mediterranean, at least since 500 BC. This was attested to in the earliest records, with the Greeks saying, yes, we have relatives over there on the Turkish side of the, uh, not the Aegean, uh, the, the name of the peninsula will occur, will occur to me at some point. But the fact is, they were fully aware that they had relatives, and they attested them. Both sides agreed the Pontians were Greeks, were on the Anatolia, and were part of the Greek general body politic. If you follow the journeys of King Alexander, Turkey was very well known to him and his army. When they went over... They were expecting a hero's welcome because they were not invading a foreign country. They were moving into ter territory occupied by fellow Greeks. Yes, they were fighting Persians along the way, but there seems to be an uncanny ability King Alexander had. He was always able to catch his opponents off guard, which shows the, the Persians were the ones who were not prepared no matter what they did. That shows the people on the Anatolian Peninsula, the Greeks allied to Alexander the Great, the Pontians as they are known today, were feeding him quite advanced intelligence information, telling him how he should deploy, where would be the best position for an ambush, and precisely how to defeat his enemy. So with all that history on the Anatolian Peninsula, when the Turks came along, there was initially some tolerance towards the Pontians, and indeed Christians in general. Outside of Byzantium, of course. The Turks and the, the, Turks and the Byzantines fought back and forth for a long time before Byzant the Byzantine Empire fell. But the remaining Christians were generally considered to be not much of a problem until the events of World War I. So with all that history of, on the Anatolian Peninsula... The sensitivity of the world to war crimes and crimes against humanity into war period, why is it that the atrocity against the Pontians remains relatively unknown, aside from a few footnotes in the historical texts? And it's, you have to ask yourself why this genocide was hidden. 
Generally, when genocide happens, they love to spread their bloodbath in front of the world. They want your attention on that that bloodbath. So that way, with your energy, you magnify the intensity of the blood ritual. You make it worth double what it would be if it was committed by itself. And the reason is, when genocide is committed quietly, like it is happening against the the Kurds, the Pontians, and many other people, in the Anatolian Peninsula, the mainland area, and in many parts of the world, the intention of hidden genocide is simple extermination to get rid of clans that are no longer in favor with the ruling Illuminati, with the criminalist globalist elite. You see, Pontians are descended from Greeks, and the Greeks themselves are divided into not ethnicities, but let's call them tribes for lack of better. They would probably prefer for me to call them families. And the Pontians are one branch of that family. But they've been independent for so long, they haven't really answered to European royalty for for about 1,500 years. No, correction, 500. <clears throat> I was a bit off on my math there by a 1,000 years. My apologies. But since they've been gone so long without any direct accounting to the royal bloodline, and don't think for a moment you are completely out of touch with the royal bloodline, they're considered to be alien to the body. And what happens when something is alien to your body? Your immune system destroys it. Well, in this case, the Turkish people, well, that's a lie. The Turkish government is taking care of that problem by getting rid of the Pontians, the ones who are taken the ones who are taken aside and the Illuminati would rather you just forgot about it after all what's so important that's worth forgetting about the death of millions and the deportation is of millions more and the thing is very simple as I said before Anatolia holds a special place in the eyes of the Illuminati it's a sacred place it's a holy place one where they used to come from. They, the Hittite Empire is the one that gave birth to the European civilizations where most of the people listening to this radio, this radio show will be descended from in one way or another. And the most importantly, it produces blood sacrifices with spectacular regularity. In the current fighting against ISIS, ISIL, whatever they're calling themselves today, Turkey is on the front, la- front lines. I mean, it was only a couple of years back when Turkey shot down a Russian attack jet. That's right, a Russian attack jet was shot down by Turkish fire. Now, of course they claimed it was just an accident. But in a military encounter, there are rarely accidents when they involve a belligerent as powerful as Russia. And also, since ISIS possesses a minimal, if any, air threat... What would possess any Turkish commander to take a pot shot at a plane approaching for any reason, especially when they knew operations are taking place in the area? Well, the only answer is, <laughs> it lies in the struggle itself. As we've seen in the many times the United States, Russia, or formerly the Soviet Union, is not afraid to stage military losses in order to gain some advantage. Now, for the Illuminati, it makes sense to keep us fighting as long as possible. After all, as long as we are fighting, we are divided and we are easily conquered. But Russia, for all its might and for all of its power, 
didn't take any action against Turkey, despite Turkey's overtly hostile move against Russia. Why, you might ask? Because Turkey is part of NATO, and one of the most nonsensical alliances of all time. Turkey really does not fit with the profile of most of the original members of NATO. England, Germany, France, Sweden, nations like that, all of which are primarily Christian and very close to the Atlantic. Now, these nations do not even close to have anything similar to Turkey, which is primarily Muslim and is nowhere close to the Atlantic. Now, Greece, a NATO member, even withdrew its vital defense radars when it had a war with Turkey in the early 1980s. So Turkey is still agitating against other NATO members while it's hiding under its umbrella. So Turkey kind of seems like a poison pill to the rest of NATO, a burden it must bear, a thorn in their side. Indeed, during the time of the Pontian genocides, Turkey was often referred to as the sick man of Europe and is often thought this is because they were perceived as weak. But it's quite the opposite. You see, in olden days, wordplay was much more advanced today. The best you might get today is a pun. But in the olden days, they were wonderful at using a double entendre. And sick was also, could also infer that they were an infection that was ready to fester at any time. Now let me take a moment to say, while I'm disparaging Turkey at the moment, I do not mean to disparage Islam or the Turkish people themselves, aside from the government. They are quite lovely, and as usual, in the case of genocide, they are not the ones for the responsible for committing the mass murder that their Illuminati-controlled governments were perpetuating. But the fact is, we, I can say Turkey as a nation stands as a symbol for all the conflict it has and will create. But yet, it enjoys the special protection of the criminal globalist syndicate. They can freely commit genocide, even when under the world's scrutiny. While Saddam Hussein was killing Kurds, Turkey was doing the same, yet only Saddam Hussein attracted worldwide press. And despite the old canard, the world only cares about oil and gas reserves, and that's why they concentrated on Iraq, Turkey does, in fact, have significant oil and gas reserves, the exports of which form the cornerstone of its economy. Now, Turkey gets away with it because it's allied itself very well within the Western corridors of power, despite the fact it may protest it is independent and Muslim and everything it might say that it is. The fact is, they know how closely they're related to not only the royal family, but the Illuminati hidden families as well. And to be honest, after World War II, when tensions were heating up between the Soviet Union and the USA, Europe was the battleground of the Cold War. And after 1945, when the world had been exposed to the German Holocaust and the Japanese death camps, Turkey was in a very advantageous position. They could simply say, let's scrub away this little nasty bit of our history, and in return, we'll let you base some radars and some missiles here. We'll be on your side, wink, wink. And of course, the European oligarchs were very amenable to that deal. And Turkey has ridden this protection from NATO and the United States to the present day, even though it's a bit of a black hole in Europe, a place where things can happen and yet not be noticed. 
This is especially evident when it comes to their crime group. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the Mafia. Most of you have probably heard of the Yakuza. A few of you have probably heard of the Russian Mafia. But not really many people have heard of the Turkish Mafia, who are allowed to commit their crimes under virtually no scrutiny. Of course, Italians immediately are suspected of being part of the Mafia. The Japanese with tattoos, oh, you better watch out for them. But Turkish people... Absolutely nothing is said about them. And as I said, this this ability of Turkey to get away with what they want is because that Turkey sits on a holy site of the Illuminati, one of the seven cities that they believe brought the world as we knew it into existence. Istanbul, Constantinople, whatever you call it, was just a fishing village that was made at large by the ancient Romans and put in charge of the eastern half of the empire. The Hatti, or Hittites, were the real originators of our Western civilization. And Turkey can do no wrong. You see, whoever occupies the Anatolian Peninsula makes the rules, no matter which side they are on. They can kill the Greeks, they can kill the Kurds, they can kill Russians, and the Illuminati will always protect them. It's something we can no longer stand for in the modern world. It's a sore that needs to be eliminated. Not the Turkish people, but the ill-starred criminal groups who run them on behalf of the globalist Illuminati. We need to remember the genocide against the Pontians. We need to remember the continuing crimes against the Kurds. And we need to stand up for them before it is too late. Stand Up is the theme music for this show recorded by Pipe Band. The theme music for everyone worldwide to stand up and make a difference. One death that is unnecessary is too many, much less when millions die in silence. And if you enjoyed this show, the host has books available on Amazon Kindle. The Secrets of Solomon by Jeff Williams, which describes the life of the definitive ancient Israelite king, and although this book doesn't delve into this topic, King Solomon would certainly have been aware about the Anatolian Peninsula and what was going on there. And there's a quite interesting revelation about the Hittites and their relation to King Solomon that I have uncovered in that very work. Also, Cemetery Island, a thriller about a young man who is incarcerated in a psychiatric hospital where he finds that the staff is not there to treat them, but they have their own sinister motives. Soon there'll be more titles joining them, so sooner or later something will pique your interest. But most importantly... Thank you to everybody for inviting us, just another conspiracy show, into your home today.